Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. And that's something I say every week, but I wanted to just take two seconds and give some context to that because that really applies to what we're talking about today. We dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. We don't just react. You're out of time. What? Oh, you said two seconds. (laughs) That's Jake, by the way, Jake Johnson. Jacob Johnson. Uh, My name is Bruce Johnson. So there we go. Now we've did the names part of the introduction. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm out of time. But anyways, we we dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. So we say that that's wrong. We react to culture, but we fill it and replace it with a biblical worldview. And what we're trying to do more of now is not just reacting but by starting to preempt that reaction and actually talk about Christian worldview stuff on the show stuff. That's a super technical term. Anywho, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We want to hear from you. Obviously, we just talked about this. My name is Bruce Johnson. Jacob Johnson is joining me today from Pennsylvania. I'm in the wonderful state of South Dakota. Um, today's discussion topic Friday. We got a lot of stuff to break down today. Um, but... If you have topic ideas, you have questions, you have ideas for us, if you're interested in hearing us break down a topic or hearing us do another topic we did in the past and you want us to take it from a different angle, you you can have some input. This is kind of meant to be the audience episode uh, where you get to drive the show a little bit and at least have input onto what we're discussing and talking about. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com and sign up for our newsletter, trdshow.net slash newsletter. All of that stuff is like trdshow. Are you picking up on a theme yet? Hopefully. Um, Also, we're going to be in at at a conference and you can meet us in person. We'd certainly love to meet you as the audience members. Uh, But also you'll get access to some fantastic, fantastic discussions and um, uh, speakers down at uh, in Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, FLFnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022, October 6th through the 8th is where we're going to be. Um, and we're really excited. We got invited to that conference and we're going to have our table set up and we're going to be recording some episodes there and interviewing some of the speakers, including Doug Wilson, which we just talked about his book on our Wednesday episode. So if you missed that, check that out. So you don't want to miss that. Buy your tickets today. The link was up on screen. Um, our discussion topic today is self-reliance versus isolationism. And I'll be totally honest right off the bat, we're going to be talking a lot more about self-reliance than we are isolationism (laughs) at least i am um and i'll preface that by saying isolationism bad self-reliance good and we'll get into more of that in a little bit but we will be um sort of talking about what self-reliance is and so um by way of uh, elimination you will know what isolationism (laughs) is too because it's not self-reliance exactly basically <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> we're talking about self-reliance and the biblical understanding yes. of self-reliance exactly so this therefore is... isolationism wrong right I- isolationism <laughs> wrong exactly <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um and it's the beginning of a two-part series that we're starting um next week you don't want to miss our our next week episode we're going to be discussing community versus socialism and I'm going to be describing that in a second, what we're actually going to be talking about, because it's kind of the other end of the spectrum. So we're talking about, essentially, you as a person living in a society, what should you do? 
how should you react and live and, and react to the people around you and live with the people that are around you. But before we get into all that, we have to talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. And it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And again, that's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. So, we talked a lot more about this on our Wednesday and Monday episodes, so if you missed those, check them out. But there's a lot here, and really this is a reminder. Um, first and foremost, it's primarily for pastors and, and instructors in the church, leaders in the church. But obviously, all of scripture is profitable for instruction, and that applies to us as well. So we can draw application even though we're not pastors. <laughs> but this is a reminder to not be quarrelsome, to not be seeking out fights just because of the fight. Um, to be kind to everyone, able to teach, to patiently endure evil. But notice now this last bit, this fourth qualification here, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So there's still an element of correction that happens. There's still an element of engagement but that engagement looks different than what our human nature typically wants to do. We typically want to look for fights to, in our arrogance, be the man on top, right? We've got all this head knowledge and we got to go into a cage match and take them down, right? That is the exact opposite. We should be correcting and working for the kingdom, but we do it in a specific way. We're not supposed to be quarrelsome, but we are supposed to stand for the truth. We're supposed to be salt and light, but we're supposed to correct with gentleness. So there's that idea of humble boldness that we talked about months and months ago when we were going through Greg Bonson's books. So, um, so like a pillow fight. Like, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose like a pillow fight. If, if you have to throw fight in there, sure. <laughs> um, but, well, I mean, you know, cage match. So yeah. then what's the opposite? Let's With a pillow fight. <laughs> okay, sure. Or, or discussion. You know, that's on the table too. <laughs> So aren't we, aren't we relating it to like a, has like to be a, a fight, a fight of, some of some kind? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give um, you that. I'll give you that. I get it. <laughs> um, so we talked a lot more about this on our Wednesday and Monday episodes. So that's all we're going to say for today. Check them out. If you have input on this voice, it, voice, verse, leave a comment, send us an email. We'd like to hear from you because, you know. It's a show, and half of this show is you out there watching us or listening to us. So, um, All right, let's get into our discussion topic, self-reliance versus isolationism. And I want to start out this discussion. Jake has a lot to say. I have a lot to say, so I'll keep this fairly brief. But I want to start out by talking about what we mean by this topic and why we are discussing it. So first and foremost, I mean, like right off the bat, a general principle and this may blow some of your minds, is that communities and societies are full of groups of people, which, I mean, insane, right, for proposing that. I just, I can't believe I just said that. But yeah, it turns out I did some research, crunched the numbers, looked into this, and really did some study and in-depth work. And it looks like groups of people are in societies all over the world. I was nice. blown to. Yeah. So, wow. uh, yeah, kind of 
kind of crazy. So blow some people away. Or yeah, I hope we don't lose subscribers over that you're, statement. You really, uh, you're really pushing that status quo. <laughs> so, given that, <laughs> we're told to love our neighbors as ourselves, which means there must be people near you that you have to love, that you're told and required to love. Um, this statement is all throughout scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. So obviously how we relate to other people and interact with them is really important to God. Um, this phrase could also broadly refer to family members, which is certainly true. But within the book of Acts and many other places in scripture, we see a huge amount of involvement in society on the part of Christians. So right there, the idea of isolationism is that we're isolating ourselves to a tiny little corner of the world on a plot of land by ourselves. Maybe it's just us and our family, and that's it. We're not near people. We don't care about people. Ugh, people, they're, they, they stink, and we don't like being around them. And, oh, we're just, we're introverts, and we can't be around people, right? That excuse of not, of, of using all of those excuses to not love your neighbor as yourself is entirely unchristian and unbiblical. Claiming that you're an introvert and so you can't be around people and you can't be the light, be a light for Christ, you can't be salt in this world, you can't spread the kingdom, you can't share the gospel because you're an introvert and you can't talk to people. That is something that you need to work on. That is not a biblical mentality to have. Um, and there's that's one side of the spectrum is extreme introvertism and isolating yourself to isolationism to one corner of the world and never going out, never sharing the gospel, never being around people, never building societies, which are groups of people as we established earlier. <laughs> um, that's one end. The other end is communism, <laughs> which is too much people, which is everyone being all together and being completely reliant on one group of people for everything. That's communism and socialism. But there's also, there's spots in between there. That's our spectrum. Those are the two ends of our spectrum. Complete reliance on civil government and society to live and zero reliance on any of them, but also never talking to them at all. Those are the two ends of the spectrum. We're not looking for either of those. And the Bible doesn't say to go for either of those. There's we don't, two... We don't... We don't live in the pendulum swing. Yes, exactly. No. Exactly. We don't live in the extremes. There's two things. There's two sections in between. There's two sections in the middle there. Um, and I would argue that both of those two sections are the biblical sections on that um, grid, on that, uh, uh, yeah. So on that range, there we go. So community and self-reliance. Community we're going to be talking about next week. This week we're talking about self-reliance. So the question is, does this mean that we should be so involved in society that we can't live without it? We're supposed to love our neighbors. We're supposed to care about the people around us. We're not supposed to isolate ourselves to a plot of land and never see another living soul for as long as we may live. Right? Is that supposed to be it? I don't think so. <laughs> but... Does this mean that we should be so involved in society that we can't live without it? Have we become so entangled with the world that we are unable to be salt and light because of the hold they have over us? So there's a lot of things to consider here. Um, that could lead to a very serious problem. If we become so reliant on society that because we're involved in it and we want to be involved in it, 
but we become so reliant on it that we can't be salt and light because now they have a hold over us. And we're going to be discussing all the areas that that hold, you know, play, you know, how that comes into play in your life. But that can lead to a very serious problem. And and as a final quick note, because I know Jake has a lot to add and he's jumping at the bit to say something. But as a final quick note, before we really dive into this, we are discussing the ideal scenario. What we're going to be discussing today and next week as well, they're the ideal scenarios that we believe biblically we should be working towards as image bearers of God, as Christians, those who bear the name of Christ, working for the kingdom of God, these are ideal scenarios that you should have as a goal that you should be working towards. You may not be at this point in your financial or economic life. I mean, let's face it, right now in the Let's Go Brandon economy, a lot of this is going to be very hard to do. That doesn't mean we should stop trying and striving for this. You may not be at this point in your life financially or economically, especially if you're still in school or trying to figure out your career path. There's a lot of nuances here, but it's something to keep in mind and a goal to begin working towards for the future. All right. So hopefully I've set up this topic in next week's as well. I took a while with this because we're also going to be talking about this next week. And so now I don't have to reintroduce this whole thing next week when we get to it. Um, Anything you want to add to that introduction phase before we start getting into, like, what is self-reliance? Let's define it. Well, I'm going to define it. Oh, you want to define it. All right, cool. (laughs) Um, I'm defining both of them just so we're not, like, so people who have different understandings or think they have a different understanding of what self-reliance or isolationism is and says we're wrong because it actually means this. Let's just... Put out here how we see and how we take isolation to mean isolationism to mean and how we take self-reliance to mean. Right? These aren't exactly a textbook definition of what these words mean, but this is this is what Bruce and I would say we think that isolationism or self-reliance means. And this is what we're going off of. Um, but isolation is the uh, isolationism is the idea that we should be isolated from other people, that we are on our own and we can only rely on our own skills. It carries with it the idea that uh, you want to be far away from people to sort of hunker down or build your own bunker to avoid <laughs> others. Yeah. Um, but moving on to uh, self-reliance... Um, or at least, you know, what we would like to consider the biblical sense, uh, the biblical idea of self-reliance. And it, it really, it should be a community of believers, right? We're self-reliant, but we're a community. And that, that's what I wanted to, the point that I want to make in, in both of these two episodes this week and next week. Um, but that, you know, we should have a self-reliant community. We should have a combination, Right. We, we should be a community of believers being separated from the debased culture. Um, and, and this carries with it the idea that a self-reliant person or group works to have certain skills or knowledge so they aren't completely dependent on the government or the Ooh, system. I like that. Or the experts. <laughs> the expert class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Um, if I might offer even a, a more simple and succinct definition for self-reliance. Okay. self, okay. self uh, reliance. 
Um, I think that's great. And I think that's going to set up our topic discussion really well. But there are a lot of different facets and aspects to this, this whole topic. And so one of them that I would say is the primary definition for self-reliance is that it's us being in a stable position to work for the kingdom. Us being in a stable position as ourself, as our family unit, or as an individual unit, being in a stable position to work for the kingdom. This is an extremely broad definition. We're going to be getting into specifics this week and next week. It's an extremely broad definition, but it sets us up for the rest of our discussion. And that's going to govern some of my responses and some of my, it's governed some of my research and study into self-reliance. When we set ourself in that framework, when our, our goal, our mindset is that we should be in a stable position to work for the kingdom, it changes a lot because we're not just surviving for ourselves. We're not just trying to go to a plot of land and just hunker down and survive because the end of the world is nigh. You know, all of that alarmism. It's not us as Christians, as Christ bearers, bearers of Christ's name. We should be in a stable position to work for the kingdom. So we're not isolating ourselves. We're going into society, just like what Jake's talking about with the community thing, right? He's talking about that community aspect where it's a community of Christians and we're all working together, but each of us is in a stable position to be able to work with the others. Exactly. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that that is the key point yeah. that I guess I didn't bring up in my definition. No, but no yeah, worries. That's, that's entirely important to understand that we <laughs> that we each, and then that's the aspect of self-reliance, right, yeah. that's coming into the community, that we're not completely dependent on the rest of the community in order for us to survive, right? Yes. We're self-reliant, so then we can therefore help the community. Yes, right? that's a great point. And there are two categories under that, that um, us being self-reliant so that we can help the community. There are two categories I'd like to bring up. And then I just have my notes, other categories from Jake. So I want to hear from you. I really, I only have a, only one other category, that but it, good to me. it's so general that okay. I can apply to a lot of different things. Awesome. But I do have like comments on one of your categories. Oh, cool. All right. I'm excited. You happen to choose a category that, you know, really pertains to me. Ooh, okay. All right. Sounds good. I'm excited to uh, hear your thoughts. So my two categories, when we're discussing self-reliance and kind of uh, we've moved past defining it. Now let's start breaking it down into its separate parts. So I have two big categories. And these are the ones that people think about the most, I think, when they think about self-reliance. But I'm going to take a different perspective. First is food. Um, so one of the ways that people can be self-reliant is by growing a large portion of their food. Now, isolationists love to do that. They like to buy a plot of land in the middle of nowhere, middle of, oh, I don't know, South Dakota. <laughs> Let's pick a random state on the map for some reason. It just popped into my head. I don't know why. Um, grab a plot of land and grow your own food. So now you're in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody around you, but you've got your own food. So you're reliant, right? Self-reliant on yourself. It's redundant. This puts you in a position of not needing to rely as much on things like grocery stores. Part of you growing your own food means you might be able to share it with others, which is exactly what Jacob was just talking about, right? When supply issues occur, and that's certainly a when, not an if, um, the unbelievers and Christian brothers and sisters too 
should be looking to churches and their members for help. And ultimately, churches are going to look towards their members too. Because the church probably, probably, some of them might have farms, but most churches don't have a huge plot of land outside that they're growing food. Some of them might, but usually it's the people in the church, the body of Christ, that's growing the food, bringing it to the church, and then the church is dispensing it or helping to care for the poor and the needy through that system. So you being self-reliant means possibly growing your own food. And again, this is not, this is like an ideal situation. This is something to work towards, something to consider. Having your own food supply, having your own way of providing for yourself, your family, and others potentially is a really good thing to consider. And I know that this is something that I need to work towards as well, because at my current state in life, I don't have that option, which is unfortunate. And it's something I'd like to work to someday. Um, um, oh, go ahead. As having comments with this. Yeah. Okay. Um, this was the one you had comments. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm, go for mm-hmm. it. Well, I mean, it, it's food, you know, <laughs> that's you your know, world, the man. industry that I'm that working is in your world. Um, but I wanted to point out the extensiveness it would take to be fully self-reliant in this area. Oh, it's big. Right? Um, in, in just this area, again, alone, one person right, would need to know not only how to grow the food, right, which in and of itself is a really hard part. It, well, talking about plants, if, you, if you're trying to grow plants, I have tried growing plants. It is super hard. Believe me. Well, yeah, you work on a local farm in in the area, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Growing plants is hard. But then tending to animals, trying to keep those animals alive, less is, I would personally argue, less as hard as growing plants, but um, (laughs) tending to animals. But also, a person would have to know how to butcher said animals or prepare the vegetables or the plants for cooking, right? Um... But so you trying to discourage people from doing that? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. And, and even more so, I people would also have to know how to cook the food slash meat. Yeah, uh, see, that's my that's would, my problem. Yeah, because I would assume <laughs> that this person, you know, is is doing all this work and would like to have more than just one meal that they learn how to know how to cook. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're not just. They're just not just making one meal that they know how to cook for the rest of their lives. Hey, are you no, saying they, that's they not wanna... okay? No. <laughs> just insulted not. my entire kitchen skills. <laughs> it's my uh, life. <laughs> see, and, and this and, and that's my point, actually. And it's that, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna go into my second point here, um, because it kind of fits in with this for right now, and then I'll let you get into yours. But this leads me into my second point in talking about skills. Right, we need to be self-reliant in in the aspect of our skills. Mm, right. Yeah. Um. But you know, but this also leads to right in, and I want to bring this back into the understanding that we're a self-reliant community. Right. Mm. They're they're together. Uh. But this discussion leads to talking about the barter system, bartering Ooh. system. Right. When talking about self-reliance, we are not talking about total isolationism. Right, we're not saying that you you should be only reliant on yourself. Yeah. Right. We are saying self reliance for the most part, so you can help the community. But there is not. We're not saying that you have to be completely and totally isolationist. Yes. Um, a person should know and have some certain skills that they can offer to others. 
right? Yep. But also, one should know when to go to others for skills they might need mm, or might yeah. not have. Because you're not isolated. Um, yeah. Right. And in total isolationism means that someone would need to know all the skills, a little bit of everything, yeah. right? at least a little bit of everything, yeah. knowing how to butcher, knowing how to grow the food, knowing how to tend to the animals, knowing how to prepare the food, knowing how to cook the food, Yep. you know, and, and that's what one person would need to know just in the area of food. Yeah. Right? There are multiple other aspects of life that they would need to know. Yeah. But say, for instance... Right, you you have cows, right? Which or other animals, which you don't know how to butcher, but your neighbor, right, does. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have any land in order to raise the cows, pigs, sheep, yep. goats. Yep. Um, you can provide some of your animals. In right. Exchange. Exchange for, for that. Him butchering the rest of your animals. Yeah. For yourself or for other people in the community. Yeah. That's so. that's great. I'd love to chat more about that. Unfortunately, we only have about five minutes left. But <laughs> wow. I do. I this know time is it comes so quickly. Like... It's crazy. <laughs> um, there, so there's a few other things that we I'd like to get to today. Um, yep. you, but, you you have the floor from here on out. Oh, pfft. okay. Well, don't don't give me that because then I'll talk for hours. Um, take the floor back. Uh, so <laughs> put that down. Let out from um, you. Yeah, right. Pull the rug out. Okay, so my next, what I do want to move into, so that was just food. I mean, that's a lot. Uh, what I do want to move into next is debt. I think, to me, these are the two big, big things because they affect so much. The debt is a huge, huge problem. Another huge part of self-reliance is owning your own things. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, the borrower is the slave of the lender. Obviously, a slave is not self-reliant. Um, and when we put ourselves into debt, we're giving up ownership of huge parts of our life to someone else, whether that's the bank, the civil government, the uh, loan institution, what have you. In Deuteronomy 15 verse 6, we see that not borrowing or having to go into debt is a blessing from God. So not going into debt is a blessing from God. A curse on the other nations was that they would have to borrow from Israel. That was a curse on the other nations. So borrowing and going into debt is a curse. It's a problem. It's something that should be avoided at all costs. If you love your cars, your fancy house, and expensive college degrees more than you love your children, that's a huge problem. Huge problem. Matthew 6, 24 tells us that you cannot serve two masters. And it specifically says you cannot serve God and money. Hones in right on that money issue. If you don't have enough money to homeschool your children, but you're putting yourself into debt for a college degree, a new car, a fancy house, etc., then that shows that your priorities are not aligned with the word of God. If you have to go into debt for a house, but you are not for a massive house way out of your price range, right? Or a car or whatever, all of these things, you're into debt up to your ears, but you're not homeschooling your children, then you've put your priorities on things that you really need to reconsider. Um, there's a lot more that I could say about that. We've said a lot about education, but self-reliance means you having the ability to do what God has called you to do. And if we go back to my earlier definition, it's us being in a stable position to work for the kingdom. Part, a huge part of kingdom work is training our children. Huge part of kingdom work. So if we're not at the point that we are stable enough to train our own children, 
then that's a problem and we have work to do because that's where we should be working to get to. Now, like I also said at the beginning in the intro, this is the ideal situation. This is where we should be biblically. The Bible's calling us to be here. But as always, even with personal sanctification, we're working through it day after day. We're working towards that goal. So this is something we should be working towards, but it will take time. But we need to understand that debt is something we should avoid at all costs and that part of kingdom work is training up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we have two minutes left. So we're done describing self-reliant, what that means right now, because there's so much more that could be said, but unfortunately we're just out of time to do that. So I, I want to move into why we should be self-reliant and some of the dangers of neglecting that in the two minutes we have left. I had hoped to spend like 10 minutes on this, but I don't have that kind of time. So um, I'll do my first point and then Jake, I'll get some of your thoughts if you have any. So first of all, if we aren't self-reliant, minutes, I, I would I would suggest just keep rolling. Keep, keep rolling. Roll, okay. You don't want to add any new thoughts, or okay. All right. I, I think I've I think I've talked to the extent of what I can <laughs> <Okay>. talk about. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, um, first of all, if we aren't self-reliant, we will have a much harder time working to make disciples of all nations. That's not to say that God won't work out His will on Earth. And that, oh, us going to de into debt somehow stops God's will from being done on earth. It's not saying that. But life is often harder when we go against what God in his infinite wisdom instructs us to do. So we shouldn't be trying to go against his word if we know we can avoid it or we can work to get out of it. So let's take debt, for instance. If we don't own our own house and the civil government doesn't like us trying to build Christian communities and restore America for Christ they can simply tell the bank to foreclose on our house. And just like that, we've lost something that we could have used for the kingdom. Um, the same thing can happen for food. If we don't at least have backup plans, we could easily find ourselves in a China social credit-esque system where we aren't allowed to purchase things in stores if we don't affirm their LGBT agenda. That's what they have in China. If you don't get enough social credit points, you can't you know, go on a bus. You can't pull money out of your bank account, you know, like they track everything you do. And if you don't, you know, I don't know what, I forget what's in their social credit system right now, but you have to earn your way. The civil government sets the standard and you have to live within that standard of social credits and, you know, affirm LGBT or all these sorts of things. I don't think they allow that in China, but anyways, I'm getting off track. It's important that we are self-reliant so that the civil government can't pigeonhole us into doing those sorts of things. But more than that, the more self-reliant we are, the more we can help others. And if we're to love our neighbor as ourself, that means feeding our neighbors the way we would like to be fed. That means helping them when they're in need. Jacob was talking about being self-reliant, but within a Christian community. This is a huge part of that. The more self-reliant we are, the more self-reliant we are, the more we can help others. If we grow our own food, we can grow enough to feed more than ourselves. We can barter with people like Jake was talking about with the butchering uh, uh, analogy. If we have space that we own, we can use it to host other people and help provide for their needs, right? So that level of self-reliant, um, reliant-ism? <laughs> Reliance, there it is. Self-reliance allows us to then help others. Yeah. Reliantism? Yeah. Reliant <laughs> Self-reliance allows us to help other people. So there's so many more things we could talk about on this topic. If you found this topic useful, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com or leave a comment on this video. Like it. We'd love to hear your thoughts 
on what we just talked about. All right, we're one minute over. Jake, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Again, I want to stress the idea of this idea of... Um, okay. Um, I want to stress the idea that... <laughs> a lot of words. It is a self-reliant community. Mm, yeah. Right? And, it, and it seems seems a little bit you know, counterintuitive thing there. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, the community is self-reliant from anything else. Yeah, yeah. Right? The community is self-reliant on itself. Right? Yep. And I think that's what, and inside, in order to make that self-reliant community, each person needs to be self-reliant so they can provide for the community so, yeah. they, so they can help the rest of the community, help out their neighbors. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well put. Awesome. Well, we would love to hear from you again. Send us an email. Go to our show website, trdshow.net. We have a nice little form there at the bottom of the homepage. You can send us a message that way if you don't like sending emails. We want to hear your thoughts on what we just discussed today. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Would you add things to the list of self-reliance-isms? I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. Are there other things we should work to being self-reliant? And yes, of course there are. Leave them in the comments below. And stay tuned for next Friday's episode talking about community versus socialism. What is the difference between the two? And are they both evil? We kind of addressed that a little bit today, but you'll hear a lot more about that next week. Thanks so much for watching, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. And remember, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.